Hey guys, welcome back to the Influence Community. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Danielle. This is where we spill the tea, talk all things influencing, and try to keep up with the ever-changing industry. Grab a coffee, sip your tea, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys. Hi queens. Welcome back. We're so excited for this week. Um, You guys, it's our first guest podcast yeah so excited so excited because it's actually our manager yeah we're really excited about this episode and starting off with our manager because she can give you guys so many good tips and behind the scenes um brand yeah yeah i feel like we asked her a lot of really good questions we talk about rates we talk about brands we talk about you know how to what to look for when signing with an agency i feel like we talked about all the things that you guys are always asking us and she really shared she (laughs) spilled the tea let me just say so i make sure you listen to the whole episode i was taking notes during recording so i'm really excited for you guys to hear so good so we hope you guys love it but we do want to talk about a couple things real quick before we dive into that so we did post the um san diego local meetup in person we posted that information in the facebook group so all the location details are there if you guys are san diego or even oc or if you want to come down from la for the day make like a san diego day out of it like Mm -hmm. anyone is more than welcome to come um we're doing it on february 4th in the morning so if you want to come, feel free to either DM us or check the Facebook group. That's where all the info is. And then we also decided on a New York Fashion Week meetup as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're thinking the 11th, right? Yeah, because so the 10th Saturday. is a little busy. Oh, yeah. I feel like That's Saturday, Saturday is a good right? day. Or is it Sunday? Yes. Honestly, don't let know. Me, <laughs> let me check really quick. Um, okay i think it is it's the, a saturday it is saturday saturday okay february 11th yeah i feel like that will be good again we'll post details on the facebook group or you can dm us and we can share that with you guys as well um we just thought it would be fun you know since we'll be in new york to just meet up with the new york girlies or if anyone else is traveling to new york for fashion week like it's just so fun. Like the last time we did it, we had so much fun. It so was like fun. one of those things that like, oh my gosh, TikTok trend. It's like one of those things that like alters your brain chemistry. <laughs> no, literally. Have you seen and those? Also, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people met other people to like shoot with yes, or do through things that. with or kind of like talk yeah. about what your schedule looks like for New York Fashion Week. So we last time so we did it a little it early. So this time we're going to do it like a little later. So we're not as crazy, but Mm -hmm. yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll post details for that as well. And then basically just our Paris trip is coming up. You guys, we're so excited. We posted all the information on the Influence Community podcast Instagram page, all literally the itinerary, all the details, like everything we're doing. We're so excited. And we've been talking to a few of you guys who like really want to go. And I feel like if you're just on the edge or you don't know and you can't decide I honestly would literally just say do it not because I'm biased and I love Paris and the trip's amazing but like for your 
individual personal growth, this is one of those those things where I feel like where you push yourself out of your comfort zone and like you grow so much in the span of one week by traveling internationally, meeting a group of girls, like creating content in a new location, just like putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. opportunities for brand partnerships, just like so many things. So we're so excited for Paris, you guys. Other than that, like that's pretty much it. Like we should just dive into this week's episode. It's so, so good. We hope you guys enjoy and yeah, let's get into it. Hi, Samantha. How are you? (laughs) Hi, my love. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. We're so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We're so excited and we just know our audience is going to absolutely love you and love hearing from you. We got such great positive feedback from our episode together on your podcast. So if you guys haven't listened to that one yet, go listen to her podcast. And yeah, I feel like we can just dive in because I know we have so much to talk about and your story is so interesting. I literally love your story. So I can't wait for our audience to hear, but we'll start with influences of the week. So Danielle, do you want to go first? What's your current influence? Yes. So We mentioned this, I think, last episode, but we are going to New York Fashion Week, so my entire day has been filled with just searching for what the heck I'm going to wear, but I feel like the main things I'm loving, well, one of them is tights, and that I think I've said this before as like the pantsless trend, but I love tights. I got the cutest pink tights. I have a cute outfit that is based around that, and so... Yeah, kind of random, but that's just something I'm loving right now. I feel like it's a good transition piece to like add to your wardrobe. So yes, mine is just tights. What about you? Okay, so mine is maxi skirts. I feel like same. I am searching for New York Fashion Week outfits and inspo and just like saving Pinterest images, Instagram, and I'm loving the maxi skirt vibe where it's more like fitted I guess where it has the cut out in the back so you can walk but mainly the ones from the brand Helsa by Elsa Hosk I'm obsessed and just styling them with like all different ways like a blade like a cropped blazer or a bodysuit or just like hoodies to make it a little more casual or like t-shirt model off duty vibes I love how versatile they are so I really want to bring that to New York Fashion Week with me because I feel like I haven't really styled that like a maxi skirt like that so I'm really excited to see where that goes but Samantha what is your current influence of the week it can literally be anything it doesn't have to be fashion related at all I know you said that and now I'm like I got inspired by you both and I do have something fashion related So I really want to like up my jewelry game. And when I say up, I mean like I have no jewelry game. I have like a a staple watch that I recently got for myself um, as a Christmas present from me to me. But I want to be like decked out in like luxury gold jewelry and rings. And so if anyone knows like and I want I like want them to be like investment pieces. And so I want to like up my jewelry game. So then, you know, I walk into a room and people are like, okay, wait, show me your rings, show me your jewelry. That's my 2023 energy I'm going for. Love that so much. 
Let's dive into our Q&A, our questions. So excited. So let's just start off basically with you telling us a little bit about your backstory, how you kind of got got started in the industry. I love your New York story because I feel like it's very Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada, for sure. Tell us like how, just like how everything started and why. Yeah, of course. Um, So I, in college, just chose like the public relations route. I honestly just didn't really care about my academics. I was like there for the parties and Greek life. And my guidance counselor was like, you do great in PR. And I'm like, you're right. And so I took like the easy, the easy way out in college, basically with like PR communications and when I was graduating, I quite literally had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I started Googling. I found an internship in New York City. Mind you, I'm from upstate New York. So like I knew that I was always a little bit more like sparkly than everybody else up there in like a small suburban town. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to go to New York City. I found like fashion PR and internship, all that good stuff. Um, I ended up going and immediately fell in love with New York City. I was like, how was I upstate New York for, you know, 20 something years of my life wasting away? Like, this is insane. And so my internship ended up hiring me full time. I loved it. It was like, I grew up watching the hills. So I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. But it was very much like Devil Wears Prada. Like you have to work your way up. You have to run errands all over New York City. You have to be their bitch. Sorry if I can't swear. But <laughs> you you have to basically do everything for these women and to prove yourself. Like New York Fashion Week, I remember I had to like hand deliver invitations to all media around New York City. Um, and so I really loved what I did. But, and I didn't know any you know, anything else. It was just like, I was like, this is it. This is normal. And I ended up kind of jumping around agency to agency because I was overworked and underpaid. And there's so many PR agencies in New York City. So I was like, there has to be another one with more money and a, you know, a better work environment, basically. And that was just never the case. Every year I'd go to a new agency and they would give me a raise. I'd always ask for more. I'd be like, oh, I'm making this, but I want to make this. They they did it because I knew what I was doing. And I was very good at my craft and my skills. And I was an amazing publicist. And so I always got more money. But then the environment just was like sucking the life out of me. I didn't want to like work my way up. I didn't want to be yelled at by like these powerhouse female like insecure CEOs and I got to a point where I was just like I I guess this is it you know but um, there has to be a better life out there for me and I remember I started working with influencers come like 2017 before then PR like influencers weren't allowed at fashion week influencers like weren't really allowed at like brand events none of that Um, And influencers weren't really getting paid. There was like a handful, but it was media focused. All the brands wanted media. And what I mean by media is like magazines, like Elle magazine, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, um, as well as like online outlets, that kind of stuff. And then 2017, 
is when people started taking influencers seriously and I started working with more influencers. So um, I would work with them, you know, with brand events, collaborations, New York Fashion Week, and I started to build my like roster or network of influencers. And I was in my 20s at the time, so obviously I was the same age as them and I'd become friends with them. And one fashion week, I just had this like epiphany on the subway. And when I was miserable during fashion week, (laughs) like you work literally 24 hours as a publicist, like seating charts, the collaboration, social media. And then you have to like, you know, pick up all of like the online stuff, meaning like online news reports and roundups. And it's just hell, absolute hell. And I had this epiphany as I'm like exhausted on the subway because they didn't pay for our Ubers. I mean, God forbid. And I was like, I'm going to manage. It was like the universe planted a seed in my mind. I can't describe it any like way else. I had never thought about being an entrepreneur, never thought about owning a business or working with influencers, but a seed was planted in my mind. Like you need to manage influencers. And that day I went back to the office and I started to create my brand, which today is Zinc Talent. That is an amazing story. That's my like shortened, condensed, good sort of explanation of everything. There's of course, you know, it, I did start as a side hustle. I didn't, you know, just quit my PR job. I mean, that would have been a dream. But after I had made that realization, I built my brand and I, you know, I had to take necessary steps until I could take it on full time. I, I didn't just like literally leave my nine to five. I did both because I was yeah. like so dedicated. I was like, I'm if I'm doing this, like we're going to go big. And we went big. So like, what was that like breaking point for you? Because we've talked about on our podcast where Danielle had an album of selfies of herself crying at work for like a month and she would just take a picture of herself every day, put it in her phone, save every it to remind breakdown. herself of why she was quitting. So like what like pushed you over the edge or like what made you feel ready to like make that leap? So... Um, I really liked what I did and I knew the CEO found something special in me because she would always bring me to like new pitch meetings and like she would bring me along and she'd pick me up. She had a driver or she was like, you know, a very wealthy, I feel like in her 60s year old woman, like you can imagine like the devil wears Prada. Um, and she, but she didn't know how to run a business or she was too outdated, I think. I think when you get to a certain age, you're so traditional that you're not, you don't understand new culture and new ways of like teaching people or managing people. And so she would just get mad and like yell at people or call people names. And I'm like, listen, it is 2017. We can't be doing that anymore. Like it's not the nineties where you can just be bullying people um, and making them cry. But she would do that. I mean, it was because she was over promising clients and we couldn't like, you know, we just couldn't get what she was promising for the clients and she would yell at us. But my big breaking point was, and when I, I guess, ultimately walked out is she had like a a hissy fit about one of our clients and she was like yelled at me in the office. She was like, Samantha, um, I forgot what it was about now, but she was basically blaming me and like calling me out. Our office was like open. So everyone was sitting together and I was a director at this point. So I should have not been spoken to that in that manner in front of coordinators and people below me. And she was like, 
screamed at me and I had like tears trickling down my cheek in front of everyone and I was like universe if I'm meant to like take you know zinc talent on full-time mind you I was not making enough to do it but I was like I need to get the fuck out of this office and I was like show me one 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 and I was just kind of going about my day and I didn't think too much into it and I kind of like yes I was still upset about it but I was like I have to get lunch carry on and I'm at Chopped, if anyone's from New York City, Chopped is an amazing salad place. I was getting my Mexican Caesar salad, and I look at the time, and it's 1.11. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. So I go back to the office, and I just chuck my salad because I'm like, no appetite now. We're walking out. We are walking out of the office. And I get back, and I clear my desktop because we had a computer, clear the entire thing, grab my stuff and I'm like moving in my desk a little like okay come on give me that like push to just like walk out of this office and I was like okay I'm just doing it we're doing it so I got up and I took my stuff it's like 1 30 at this point and I walk out of the office and it took me like 30 more minutes to hop on the subway because I'm like oh my god New York City's so expensive like if I just like walked out of my nine to five and I don't, you know, kill it with zinc talent. Like I will have to move back home. That's not fun at 27. Like I don't want to think about that. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to believe in myself and believe that the universe was trying to tell me something um, and that I needed to listen. I ultimately needed to listen to what the universe was telling me. And I got on the subway and I got home and then I was just, you can't even imagine like anxiety and like, I'm just like on one and I like lay in my bed and I'm like, I'm just going to lay here for a minute. And then, you know, I ended up just getting up, writing her an email and I said, tomorrow is a new day and I'm going to take this seriously. And I took it so seriously. I worked my ass off and I created Zinc Talent, which has grown into something much more than I was even anticipating on that day. Oh my gosh, your story literally gives me goosebumps. And you, okay, that's literally like the scene in Devil Wears Prada when she walks out and throws her phone in the fountain. That's literally you. Yeah, you get to a breaking point where you're like, my mental health is just at risk here. And like, I'm just, I'm done. And it's so funny because we had a, we have meetings with agencies all the time, right? And so we, Zinc Talent, we had Mm -hmm. a meeting over Zoom with a PR agency to talk about collaboration opportunities. And one of the girls goes, did you work at Bratskier? I don't care. I'm going to throw the name out. I said what I said. I'm And I was like, yeah, I worked at Bratskier. We love the tea here. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, did you work at Bratskier? And I was like, yeah. Why? Were you my intern? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, sorry, I don't remember you. I mean, I had so many interns. And I was like, but I hope you enjoyed your time. She goes, yeah, I saw when you walked out. It was like the biggest like shit show ever. I was like, yeah, it was pretty badass, right? (laughs) I was like flexing on my I'm sure everybody remembers that day. Like you You truly left an impression on everybody that day. Wow. Okay, so you start, you go off, you start Zing Talent. Um, what were some of the challenges you you had like starting and like how did you overcome them? Like how did you get your first clients? Like did you hire employees right away or were you solo for a bit? So like take us there. Yeah, so I didn't I I got my first client when it was my side hustle because of my connections. 
So I, when I was in PR, I would just take them to coffee because I was supposed to in PR anyways. And I pitched them the idea. My, my first client, which I still work with her to this day, Mary Least, she had over a million followers, high, high-end designer fashion. I worked with her a ton. I was like, hey, want to get coffee with me? She was like, yeah, let's get coffee. So I sat her down and I was like, listen, I'm starting a business and I'm going to be managing influencers. But I knew I had to build my credibility. So I wasn't saying that we needed to be exclusive. I was like, I'll just get you deals. And she was like, yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it. And so I started working with her and I got her so many deals. She recommended me to her friend and another friend. And I started growing, you know, that way, just like word of mouth. And um, so I, I had clients that way. But I was tossing back the idea, back and forth the idea of having it be funded or getting a loan. But I was like, do I want to split my business with you know, somebody, no. Do I want to pay back a loan? No. So I just kind of built it myself. And I think that was one of the first challenges is like just the money. And like as soon, like I was chasing payments, like you'd have no idea because it was paycheck to paycheck. And I was only living off that commission with like three clients. And so it was very risky in the beginning. And I had rent. My rent was expensive. I was you know, in New York City. So I would say that was risky, but I started because I had an intern, basically. I had an intern that came over from my PR agency. She's like, I'm not going to stay here without you. So she came over and interned for me. And I was like, either I can have this girl do admin stuff for me and like, which I don't even have admin stuff, or I can teach her the craft and she can secure collaborations. So I think the biggest move for me was utilizing interns and not just having them do admin stuff, but having them do real life work and like pitching because I taught them everything I knew and because I couldn't hire anybody, but I could pay an intern salary. And so that's what I did is I, I just hired interns. And funny enough, as you guys know, Carly, my COO, she was my second ever intern in 2019. And now she runs the business with me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so I just kind of did it step by step and I didn't have a plan. I was like, whatever's meant to be will be. And I, I didn't rush anything. I just took it day by day. And, you know, it just, it worked best for me that way. But in the beginning, yeah, it was a little risky in terms of like the money because it was, it's commission, you know, us managers were commission run. We don't have a retainer from mm -hmm. anyone. So it was like, if I don't secure collaborations, I don't make money and I can't pay rent. So I think like that was a big thing for me is yeah. to make sure I was consistently bringing in money. Um, and it just grew word of mouth and I had help and I got to a point where I could have, um, where I could hire people. But I took it day by day and I just, I didn't rush the process. Wow. You didn't yeah. have a plan B. Yeah. Only I think plan that really A. Helps. We love that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I well, yeah. part of it. Yeah, sometimes I was like, do I like, oh, my God, do I need a plan B? Trust me, I had those moments, but I was also free. Like, it was so nice to be free, not being in an office and working from my apartment. Oh, like, yeah. I was just it, like just not having a boss. I was like, I'm not meant feeling. for a boss. Like, I'm a leader, you know, and some people don't realize that until they go off on their own. And they're like, I was never meant to like work for somebody I'm the leader like I'm, I'm the alpha here but I am very grateful for everything yeah. that I have learned you know 
Yeah, I feel like we talk about that too. Is like we could never see ourselves in an office again, but like you don't really know that until you make that leap and believe in yourself. Fast forward, here we are. What is your like day to day life as a manager? Like, what are kind of behind the scenes of being an influencer manager and just running the agency? I know you like have so many clients and you're such a booked and busy gal. You're like essentially bi coastal, I feel like. Yeah, so, what is like always, a day she's in the life? Miami, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I feel like my every year is a little different. Because in the beginning, it was just me. So I was like doing everything. I was doing the pitching, accounting. I was doing, I had my hands in everything. Now things have changed because I have employees. I have, um, you know, interns. I have a lot of help. And it's just now I'm more so like overseeing everything and making sure everyone's getting their work done. Everything, everybody is like doing what they're supposed to. We're making money for all of our clients, like booking jobs. And so, you know, but basically a day in the life of an influencer manager is a lot of emailing. And I took all of this over from PR because it was exactly what I was doing in PR, but flipped it because when I was in PR, I was reaching out to media and influencers from the brand side, but now I'm reaching out from the influencer side on their behalf. And every day we, you know, solo pitch our clients and we make targeted pitch lists and we put together like brands that we know would be a fit for them. All of our clients are different. You both are different actually. (laughs) So when we're pitching you out, we're pitching to totally different lists because you guys have different style um, and we want to match you properly. We don't want to just pitch you to random brands that don't make sense or align with your interest or style or aesthetic. And so my agents are just pitching our clients out all day, every day and emailing all day, every day. We're negotiating with brands because once, you know, rates aren't set in stone, we have to kind of like go back and forth a little bit. We have to work out contracts. It's just a lot of like busy work, but you can do it from your laptop or email, which is amazing because as Danielle mentioned, I'm in Miami right now. Last weekend I was in Arizona, like travel all the time because I can work wherever. I don't have to be in LA to do what I do, but we are just basically pitching our clients, the influencers, talent, content creators, to brands and securing partnerships for them consistently and just making sure that they're happy with like the work that we're bringing them and that they can you know live off of the money that we bring them that's important i don't take on anyone that i can't and it's always funny to say but i say it that i can't sell or market um because i don't want to have people just sit on my roster so just imagine a lot of emailing all day, every day. We, you know, weekends, we have campaigns going live all the time. So you have to, it's not a nine to five. And when I hire people, I tell them that. I'm like, if you want to be in an office at nine and out at five, this is not the job for you. We work all the time, but you can work wherever you want. And it's like pretty simple stuff. You know, as long as you're confident in your work and you have brand relationships and you know what you're doing, you can do it so easily and efficiently. I feel like you guys, your whole team and you like juggle so much. This is just like off the top of my head, but how do you like keep track of everything? Uh, That is a good question. It definitely gets harder throughout the years. 
like to know all of the collaborations that are going live it's it, there's a lot now of course but we have a group chat with all of our clients and everything goes in the group chat and so I'm able to follow along and see like what's happening but in terms of being organized um, we have pitch lists so everybody that works for me has like their own pitch list and we keep everything in there it's a google doc that consists of all the brands that they're in touch with, all of the feedback, their hot leads, meaning like they're turning it into a collaboration. We have folders for everything. Like we are hyper organized as an agency. Me personally, how I stay organized, I can't do notebooks because if I write something in a notebook, I'm going to forget about it and not look at it again. I just like send myself calendar invites and I'm like campaign going live or like email this person or I'll email myself. And, and just constantly reminding myself because there's so many moving parts and so much going on. But I think a big thing is like we're family style. So we have, as I mentioned, group chats with all of our clients and we're able to keep everything in there. And if I'm, you know, I just go through that and I know exactly what's going on. I love the like just Google doc, the Google folders and everything just to like keep everything so organized mm -hmm. and in its place. And it's just like easy to communicate. So I love that. Okay. As a brand manager, like I feel like everyone wants to know like what are brands looking for right now when they're working with influencers or like how does an influencer stand out to a brand? That's a good question. I was actually talking about this the other day with my COO and January is a whole new ball game. I'm telling you last year it was Instagram. People were dabbling with TikTok a little bit, but because they couldn't really measure TikTok, you know, people didn't want to put too much money behind it. Come January, we were back in the office January 2nd and or 3rd and it was just TikTok everything. So right now, I like highly recommend everyone to hop on TikTok. We're getting more TikTok inquiries than Instagram. Um, and we're getting, I don't think any YouTube, maybe one YouTube inquiry in a blue moon. So I would suggest people like shifting efforts if you have a YouTube over to TikTok. Um, on TikTok, make sure you're talking. That's a big thing is like, obviously right now, the biggest trend is get ready with me and talk about your life or your stories or just anything while you're doing your makeup. And then also being like a lifestyle influencer, showing like where your home, show what you do, your fashion, have a little bit of everything and make sure that you're getting high, high, high numbers. Rates on TikTok, I would say are lower than Instagram. So it's important that you have, you know, high engagement, high numbers, so you can build up that rate. But January, it's like brands are TikTok or nothing. And I just said, you know, I think find your niche and like know why people are following you, but also add to that. You know, if you're saying, if you're talking about dating advice and that's all you do, um, you're not going to get a brand deal. Maybe from Bumble or like a dating app, but you're not going to get a fashion um, collaboration because all you're doing is talking about dating. So it doesn't really resonate with brands, but maybe you talk about dating while you're getting dressed or you do, you know, talk about it when you're doing your makeup or when you're cleaning your apartment or, you know, basically organizing your apartment or decorating. So you take why people are following you and then you're able to add to it and become a lifestyle influencer. But I'm telling you, TikTok is it. And it's so easy to grow on TikTok. 
I have a client and this client has gone up like 10,000 followers every week since we signed them. And it just blows my mind. And all they're doing is they found their niche and they're consistently posting every day. So I think like TikTok is definitely a huge focus, but don't let go. You know, if you are an influencer, I would say if Instagram is your biggest platform, don't let go of it, but just be able to build both maintain Instagram, continue building that, but do a huge focus on TikTok because Instagram is hard to grow after a while. You know, you start feeling a bit stagnant and TikTok, you're able to grow so quickly. It blows my mind. And, you know, I think to stand out is to just make sure you're on all these platforms and you're posting consistently and you're able to post a little bit of everything and talking, 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 talking. Brands want to see that. That's really good advice. I feel like that's super helpful and that will give people new goals, especially because it's January. It'll just help people like figure out what to focus on because there's so many things to do, so many platforms. It's It gets so overwhelming because you're like, what's working? What do I focus on? What's going to do best? Like, Because for us, like mm-hmm. Instagram is our main platform. That was the first platform we were on and that's our biggest platform. So it's like, that's the one I love the most and I feel like most attached to. But obviously from mm-hmm. A business aspect like you're saying TikTok is the one that's popping off what brands are looking for kind of like the more relatable one right now and so it's like it's a smart business move to also jump on that and like share content there too and you can share different types of content which is helpful so you know when I funny enough when I started Zing Talent like we had blog posts like the influencers would have mm-hmm. a blog that's when they were called bloggers and we would have like blog posts uh, and Instagram. I have a blog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I that's like that. OG. <laughs> so it's always just about staying ahead yeah, of the curve so like, and being on new platforms for sure. I love that mm-hmm. insight. Yeah, TikTok is a lot easier to whip up. Instagram, you have to take like huge chunks of time to shoot content. But TikTok, I feel like you can create content in like 10 minutes if you just have a trending sound. Okay, so the next question is, what are some things that brands look for when it comes to working with an influencer for a campaign? Maybe just from your perspective or you know, like give it to us real. Like on this podcast, we love tea. We love to just know how it is. Like you don't have to fluff it at all. Like what are brands wanting? Yes. I mean, every brand wants engagement. You need to have high engagement. Um, I've seen somebody, I've seen, you know, put two people together. They both have a hundred thousand followers. If one has higher engagement than the other, then you're able to have a higher rate and you're more likely to book campaigns. You know, that's definitely a given also no funky no funky audiences i like can't stress enough do not do those like crazy giveaways because you're going to f up your audience and you like cannot fix that so i don't want to see like any like brazil or like taiwan i don't want to see any crazy audiences i need to see like us canada london australia um, beware of like those those giveaways because you don't know the audiences that you're building or attracting and it could totally F up yours. And then brands see that and they're like, okay, well, we don't we don't ship to, you know, Taiwan or Brazil. So this isn't a fit. Um, and I think like brands right now more than ever, and we've been asking them, is they're matching 
influencers with their aesthetic. So if you match their vibe and their feed, I think like that's the biggest thing. They want to have influencers that have that style that they're going for and it could change per season. But you know, when we're building pitch lists, we look at the feed on Instagram and TikTok. And then we're like, who from our agency that we represent is a match for this based on like the vibe. And every brand has been saying that. They're like, we are basically finding influencers that match our aesthetic. Or if it's a product, um, you know, a big thing is like, if it's going to be a vitamin or just anything that you, they, you know, that they want sales from, they may not go for a fashion influencer. So if you're only posting fashion, then you're probably cutting yourself off from like all these other things like JS, you know, vitamins and, um, I'm blanking right now, but like maybe like beauty, skincare, you have to be posting what you're trying to work on. And, you know, some influencers will come to me and they're like, well, I want to do more beauty or I want to do um, more skincare. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm on your feed and I need to see that in order to really connect it with that brand. Um, and so beauty brands quite literally only work with beauty influencers. And I think TikTok is like the biggest thing. So uh, my advice to anybody is if you want to be matched with a brand that you're posting like something to connect yourself to that brand consistently and not through stories. I think a lot of people will do it through stories and I'm like, well, I can't share that story that's gone in 24 hours in a pitch. I need to see something on your feed. Um, and you can start those relationships off by gifting your own or using your own products. But I think just know what brands you want to work on or work with and post it yourself. So then if you're pitching yourself or you have a manager pitching you, they can use that reel, that TikTok or that static image to really sell the idea of you working with them and being a good fit for them. I think that you made so many good points. I was going to like ask a follow-up question and then you literally answered it. And I think what you're saying is so good because I feel like influencers have this mindset of like, I'm not working for free. Like I'm not going to post a brand if they're not paying me. But me and Danielle talk about all the time. Like if you want a brand collaboration or you have a dream brand and if you have the means, buy something from them and post about it, talk about it organically and then keep doing that so that it gets the brand's attention. And maybe if you can't buy something like style it or say like, oh, you got inspo from this brand and then you're going to like recreate it, recreate the outfit based on that. But that's such good insight coming from, you know, a manager saying like, if you want this like relationship, like you have to like show them because you're so right. Like if you're a fashion creator and you want to start working with like Dior Beauty or YSL Beauty, but you have no beauty on your page coming from the brand side, like why would the brand want to work with you when they have no idea what kind of content you can create, like what quality, like anything like that. And I feel like so many people don't have that mindset. So I feel like that's such a really good tip for people to take and use on their social platforms. You know, the, the space is so saturated right now. If anybody wants to be firm and only paid and not building relationships, they're going to get, they're going to drown in this industry. Like you have to build relationships. And a lot of the time, like if we pitch a brand and they're only gifting at that time, and then we circle back when they have a paid campaign, they always go for the influencers that were building the relationship over the influencers that were like, I'm not taking gifting. And you know, that's just how it is. Brands want to build relationships with influencers and you have to stand out and be a nice person. 
and be willing to work with them to continue to even get a job from them. You know, the the space is changing all the time, especially with TikTok now that everybody's an influencer. You know, you can't be firm on that. You have to just accept gifting, try it out, or post your own products or, you know, it, it can't just only be paid campaigns. Yeah, I feel like people, like, I feel like from the influencer side from us, like, sometimes you have trust issues because I do feel like sometimes brands will, like, use that and be like, oh, like, we'll gift you the first time and then we'll do paid the second time. But obviously, if it's a brand you genuinely love and want to work with and partner down the road and you know they have paid campaigns from other creators, it's, like, worth taking that risk. And, like, if they don't end up paying you, like, you know, it is what it is. You love the brand anyways so if it's a seamless fit then it's a seamless fit so I feel like that's kind of our mindset is like we'll do the gifted if it's a brand like we genuinely want to build a relationship and not just kind of have that one-off you know collaboration here and there oh yeah and like your manager if you have a manager obviously I'm your guys's manager we know who's like using and abusing we know not gonna say names but we know what brands just want free content We've been, I've been doing this for so many years. I know when brands are just trying to get free content and I know what brands who are trying to build relationships because we're experts in the space. But to your point, yes, you have to be careful because brands will just try to get free content for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a huge benefit to have a manager because like you said, you are an expert in the space and you know how the brands work. So definitely love that I always I'm like okay what's the vibe we're like is this worth it should I do it like is it worth building the relationship and having that insight from you guys is so so helpful because again yeah, yeah. it's hard to tell sometimes yeah I actually Danielle you and I had this moment last week where you were like should I accept <laughs> yeah. gifting and I was like probably not <laughs> yeah you're like mm. I like how you give the option you're like you can do it if you want but then if I'm like okay but what's the vibe you're like nah okay (laughs) yeah like if I know they pay and if I know that they haven't started with gifting with other influencers then I'm like I'm not gonna have my client do that when I've had clients just get paid from them you know I know so I think like I'm always honest with my clients, but if like you guys or whoever else I work with love the brand and want to accept gifting, then that's fine too. You know, it's ultimately your decision and I will just give you my guidance and my thoughts on it. Another question that we're getting right now, we're just seeing a lot on Instagram is like, what's the tea on brands right now and their budgets? Like a lot of people are saying they feel like brand budgets right now are low. Are you seeing that? Is that like a Q1 thing trying to get budgets set for the year? Like, what are your thoughts on budgets right now? Yeah, um, I think like even last year, um, you know, brands are definitely going under like what I'm asking for. And I, you know, ultimately I was in PR, so I kind of know like how it works. Now that brands are, now that the space is like much larger than it used to be, they want to work with more influencers. And I think that they're like setting themselves like certain budgets for each creator so they can work with more creators. And it's not that they don't have the budget. It's just, they know what they want to pay and they're pretty firm on it too. So if, you know, I say a post and a round of stories is 3000 and they come back and they say, well, we can do um, 2500 And if I say, no, I'm firm on 3 k 
99% of the time, they probably won't do it and they'll move to another creator that will do that 2,500 just because they're like, they have a thought process that they're like, okay, well, this is how much we're going to pay each girl or each guy, each creator. And it's not that they have lower budgets, even though that may be true with fast fashion. Right now, fast fashion is dying. Uh, it, because a lot of people just want sustainable fashion and that's just how it is. So yes, I mean, in certain instances, I think they probably don't have money, but a lot of the time brands are just, it's a negotiating game. And if we stay firm, they pass a lot of the time. They're like, okay, well, we'll work with, you know, somebody else who can do this. Or they'll be like, do you have a client who will do 2,500? Another client. So I, you know, it's kind of like, yes, some brands have less budget because they aren't making the revenue that they used to, but some brands just are like, this is what I'm willing to pay. And if you won't do it, I know someone who will. <laughs> so would you recommend girls taking the deal? Like, what are your thoughts, I guess? Because like, should people just take the offer that the brand is saying then for like the partnership opportunity, the work, obviously the money? Or do you like say no to that and like hold out and wait and see if they'll come back? Like I feel like that's the most difficult part, especially if you don't have a manager like helping you have these insights, like knowing what to do. Yeah, I, I would say have a certain like ballpark that you're willing to do. And I have this for all of my clients where I'm like, I know the ballpark that they would take a collaboration for. I know the lowest and I, you know, I know like the rates that I'm providing, but I know the lowest they'll go and I know what brands my clients love. So if my client would love this brand and it makes sense, then yeah, maybe we'll dip a little lower. If it's like a wacky, tacky brand, even though we don't work with those, but you know, hypothetically, if somebody didn't have management and it was like a wacky, tacky brand that they would never use, um, and they're like saying they're going from that three thousand to eight hundred dollars, you know, I would stay firm and pass on that. But if it's a brand that you like or you wear or you want to build a relationship with, why not dip down to twenty five hundred or two thousand? I'd rather make consistent money than be firm and not make money at all. And when you're firm, brands remember that. And when they get budget, they probably won't come back because again, you know how many creators there are in this world right now doing the same content? They could just find somebody more in line with their budget or willing to work with them. It's a relationship game too. They want to work with like easy breezy management and creators and those who are like firm get almost like a bad rep, I would say. So I think just have a ballpark for yourself, like know the lowest you'll go. And just stay within that and just make sure it's a brand that makes the most sense for you and that you love and that you can easily incorporate into your feed. I feel like that's such good insight because I know there are brands that we work with consistently and like each campaign, their budget is different every time, whether it's a little higher for one campaign or a little lower, but like you're saying, it's in that range. So it kind of just sounds like relationships are becoming very, very important in this industry. Exactly. You know... Five years ago, it was different. There was like, like you knew all the influencers five years ago. You know, I like to call them like the OGs and they could be firm. But now it's like with TikTok and Instagram, it's like there's so many creators right now or even people just getting a following from being on a TV show. People are getting followings like from everything. So it's not easy like it used to be where you could be like, I know I'm one of the top dogs. I'm firm. It's like you have to really build relationships and work with these brands and just 
understand that it's so saturated now that like if you don't say yes then they may just you know never work with you again because they feel like you're being difficult you know when they don't have the budget at that time to put towards that campaign Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. One of our last questions is we get asked a lot is what advice would you give to anyone who is looking to sign with management? Both Danielle and I had some interesting experiences before, you know, our paths crossed with Zinc and thank God they did. Mm. How do you know? If someone wants to sign, like what are they looking for in an agency? So, um, you know, while I, I do say that I think right now, more than ever, influencers should be flexible with rates and build that relationship. Um, when it comes to finding management, you know, you really do have to like be a, like a little more firm, right? <laughs> um, and the reason is, is that there's a lot of management agencies out there right now. The space is growing and people are realizing that they can capitalize on it. And so when you're looking for management, I think the Number one, go to their Instagram, see their clientele or their TikTok and the website. Are, are these similar creators to you? Like, would they make set? Would it make sense for you to join this team, basically? And make sure they are diverse too. You know, you always want to be a part of like a diverse agency, and because that's so important now more than ever. But I think like if you're on the Instagram or TikTok or website and you're like, these creators look like me, these are brands I want to work with, like I'm already seeing synergy here. Then if you meet with the, the agency, you know, I don't know if it's a CEO or an agent or whatever, you know if it's a good fit. If you're young and you're getting started in this industry, I think you could be a little more naive. Or if you see like a big name, yeah. like one of those big agency names and you're like, this is it. This is my dream. But, you know, at the end of the day, and I have to be careful with what I say, but you have to realize, you have to know if you want to be part of a large agency or a boutique agency. And there is a big difference because larger agencies, there are so many people represented that they may prioritize larger influencers or more of like the it influencers of the moment rather than the other people on the roster. So you may get a job here or there, but it probably won't be consistent income because they're working with so many people. I mean, how can you get everybody consistent jobs? If you're part of a boutique agency, and again, I've heard of like horror stories from some boutique agencies, so you have to really trust your gut and ask around, but you have like more one-on-one -on -one attention, you have consistent work, you're able to have more of a relationship with your team, your agent, um, and it's just, you, you kind of know what you're gonna get and you're able to grow together. Um, but again, it's just ultimately what you want. Do you wanna be part of like a flashy big name agency and get jobs here or there um, and be part of that team? Or do you want maybe boutique, more one-on-one -on -one personalized family style? And I can't speak for every agency because I've never, I'm not an influencer. I haven't applied to these agencies. I haven't been ripped by these agencies. And when I started Zinc Talent, I didn't copy any business model. I didn't look into other agencies. I kind of just wung it, so to speak. Um, so I'm not sure. I just, I just know that, you know, to your point, there are agencies that you just sit on the roster or maybe they don't have those brand relationships that make sense for you, your style, your aesthetic. Or, you know, it's just not a fit where you're like, I've been emailing them for weeks and I haven't been in touch. Like they're my management. Where are they? So 
I think check them out. Does it look like they represent people that are similar to you? Have a phone call, kind of like, I think like talk to more than one person too. Obviously they're all gonna hype the agency because they work there, but get a sense of like who would be your manager before you sign. Like, hey, it's so great speaking with you. Maybe they handle business development. I would love to like have a chat with like who would whoever would be my agent just to make sure we like vibe well. And then you can, I think you have to ask around. Um, I think all influencers have influencers friends. Ask around, like, what have you guys heard about this um, agency? Are they good? Um, or ask for a trial month too. I'm not sure if you guys, we don't really do trial months anymore, but I think maybe, did we work on a trial month? I think you said you I offered it as an option if we wanted to, just to like help make us feel comfortable with our decision. I feel like just trust your gut when it comes to this stuff because I had a really good feeling and I was like, no, I'll just sign. <laughs> we did sign with one of those like big quote-unquote well-known agencies and we were just like literally put on the roster it's it's scary because I have a lot of people who have come over to me from other agencies and I hear the stories and I think a lot of it too is some of these agencies like take on more influencers that they can then they can focus on and so they don't have enough employees or agents to work on all of these accounts and then some people are just sitting on the roster because you know, they have way too many clients. And for us, like as we grow, it's really important that like I hire as I sign people. And I've done that since the beginning. I've never had too many influencers on my roster that we couldn't give personalized attention to. So, you know, for any business owner, I think that's important to keep up with your growth or you're going to have a lot of unhappy clients and a bad reputation. But I get it when you're an influencer and you start growing a following and you're ready for management, those like flashy agency names can seem exciting. And while some of them, you know, are amazing and reputable, you just have to be careful because you could be stuck with them one year, two years, three years, not get any work, you know, and not grow with them. So it just, it is scary and you have to be careful and you have to ask around and you have to go through all of these steps and not just sign a contract like because it seems exciting because a lot of people get screwed over in this industry and it's an unfortunate really. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this insight today. I feel like I even learned a couple things I know, and I know I'm like our audience notes. Our audience is literally going to love this so much. So thank you. We know you're so busy. So thank you so much for taking time to do this. Um, last thing is where can everyone find you on socials? So everyone can find me on my personal, which is Samantha Zinkovich. And I think you guys, will you guys tag it too? Yeah, of I can spell it quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that Polish last name. Um, or the agency, which is even better, which is Zinc Talent. And we're on Instagram and TikTok. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you so much again. Have so much fun in Miami today. And yeah, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for everything. This was so fun. so fun. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was so insane. So good. So many notes. And I feel like there was just so much valuable information shared. 
I feel like she really spilled the tea. I just love how transparent she is and how real she is. So that was Mm -hmm. amazing. We hope you guys loved it. Please let us know your thoughts on having guests on our podcast. But okay, I feel like we can pretty much wrap this episode. Just a few things for you guys. Thank you so much for your reviews. We, in sending us your screenshots, we randomly picked two winners. So our coffee winners are Kaylee Evans. Her Instagram is at Evans. And Emma O'Dell, her Instagram is Emma with two A's, O'Dell. Thank you, queens, so much for leaving a rating and review. We appreciate it more than you know. And thank you guys to everyone who did it. We wish we could pick everyone, but I think we're going to do this again. Yeah. It was definitely went well. So thank you guys so much. Um, Can you girls just DM us so we can send you some coffee, pretty much? (laughs) Yes. Um, And then lastly, do you want to share our listener of the week? Yes. So our listener of the week is Samantha Waldman. So her Instagram is Samantha and then Waldman, W-A-L-D-M-A-N underscore. She is such a supportive, stunning queen. Literally one of the most supportive queens out there. I always see her in the the comments. She listens to the podcast and like sends us really good questions and DMs. So thank you, Samantha, for listening. If you guys want to check her out, she has a stunning little moody feed going on and I'm obsessed. So thank you, Samantha. Shout out to you. (laughs) The week of Samantha's. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> That's so funny. Love that. But thank you guys so much for listening. Seriously, if you made it to the end, we appreciate you so much. We hope you got so much value out of this podcast because we feel like we did. And it was just such a cool experience to get someone's perspective from the other side of things, especially someone who's just so experienced and has been doing this for so long. So, Hope you guys love and let us know your thoughts. Um, again, we love your feedback. As always, join our Facebook group. That's where all the tea is happening. It's the Influence Community. We post our events in there. If you ever have questions during the week, you can post in there and like girls will answer. If you need a shooting buddy, finding anyone who lives near you, like I feel like it's just a good safe space to do all that stuff. No judgment. Ask any questions you have and we'll always try to hop in as well. But Yeah, we love you guys. We hope you loved this week's episode as much as we did. And Mm -hmm. we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you guys loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Monday. Leave us a rating and review. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.